This is mostly going to be us talking about the Raptorbot Chronicles and Metal Gear Solid, I think. Actually, after the episode ended, I was like, huh, I wonder what Dinobot was up to during this whole episode, because he doesn't appear. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, whatever he was doing is probably more interesting than whatever's happening in the episode. I like the multiverse where Scorponok and Pterosaur are alive, and Quick Strike is not. <laughs> I feel like my uh, my life would have turned out differently if uh, that had been the season two of Beast Wars that I had grown up watching. <laughs> I mean, I, I could I think it's safe to say that uh, the whole world would have been in a better place. Alert! Quantum surge detected. Vector five nine seven. Transformers: Robotic life forms born far across the galaxy on the planet Cybertron. Two groups of their forces crashed on an unknown planet. A quantum surge then changed the Beast Warriors into Transmetals, who are joined by new comrades. Now, the Beast Wars rage on. Too much energy. All spark guide you, Cybertronians. Welcome to Too Much Energon the podcast where two Canadian guys in their 30s talk about the animated TV show from the 90s, Beast Wars. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal, and I am joined by my co-host, Christopher Siege. Greetings, Maximals. How's the Christopher Siege? Uh, uh, siege very Siege-like. Um, ready, to, ready to take down some, uh, some Predacon... Uh, refueling stations ready to siege the day oh damn it it was right there in front of me <laughs> uh today we're discussing episode four of season two tangled web not the movie under siege starring uh steven seagal uh fortunately yes <laughs> i had to think about that for a moment uh, <laughs> uh tangled web originally aired november 16th on 1997 Mm -hmm. Christopher. Yes. Tangled uh, Web. Yes, uh, Tangled Web, uh, interestingly enough, was written by the late Len Wein, who is most, uh, uh, mo pro probably most notable for being the creator of both Swamp Thing for DC Comics and Wolverine for Marvel Comics. Huh. Yeah. Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Yep. Created Swamp Thing and Wolverine. Wolverine originally debuted as a villain in The Incredible Hulk. I think it might have been issue 187. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Same writer. Yep. Oh, that explains why everyone has retractable claws in this episode. Ah. Uh, there it is. Putting it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't mean to brag, but I'm the brains of the operation. <laughs> uh, Rip in peace. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's some shit going on in this episode. Yeah, some there. There technically is some shit going on in this episode. Um, so this episode, we, we this episode uh, advances the plot forward a little bit. It, he, while yes. while still kind of also feeling like a throwaway episode at the same time. <laughs> but we'll get into that later. 
Uh, so what happens it's, here? It's with the uh, the dark side, and I just it it's a cool zooming in shot with uh, Inferno like swinging his gun. Yeah, he's doing as the, he's like hovering in the air. Yeah, he's doing the old Alex J. Murphy like twirling his gun. <laughs> and um, Quick Strike is just hanging out like on like a little like ledge. But the thing is, they're both over top the lava. Yeah, that's underneath the dark side. And as we've already seen. Like, this is extremely lethal. Maybe you guys should, you know, make some bridges or move the parts of the base. Uh, They're just chilling over the lava. uh, Yes, we recently lost two characters that I like way more than either of these two due to death by lava. I would prefer Inferno and Quick Strike be dead than Scorponok and Pterosaur. Uh, 150%. Um, voice actor? I, I like the voice acting. I like the insane aggro. But Inferno doesn't bring anything to the the show. No. Again, like, if some super fans are, like, listening, they get really defensive because people associate the voice actors with the characters. When right. we had um, Candace on the show, yeah, she straight up could not remove the idea of... The actor versus like the the character, right? And well, I believe it's Jim Jim Burns that voices. Yeah, and I mean Inferno. It, yeah, and in her defense too, uh, like she's actually met these people and knows a bunch of she them. She knows them. she knows them yeah. personally, so that I, I can kind of understand in her case. But from an objective like standpoint, like I, I don't feel Inferno brings anything to the show. No. Whereas I feel like Pterosaur and Scorponok did. Yeah. Even if it were gimmicky tropes, right? Like Scorponok being like the, the right-hand man and like the mad scientist. Yeah. And Pterosaur being like the skeevy Starscream. At least that brought something, but I, I don't really know what Inferno brings. A flamethrower? Uh, he, <laughs> being he, a cool ant? He, he, he's got a big old booty that lets him fly. That doesn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't quit. Yeah, but Quick Strike, everyone's already heard me. Completely just. What was it? It was like 40 minutes of me complaining about Quick Strike last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, last week's episode was a was a chonk of an episode. I don't remember it much. That's how much I don't like the Fusors episodes. Anyways, I don't remember it much either, and I even <laughs> listened, I even listened to the episode last weekend, like the the completed, like fully episode, edited episode. I listened to it while I was out and about last. Weekend. I don't think that we were boring, or at least I don't. I hope I hope not. I just the episodes are so bleh, so meh. Mm. Maybe I I don't know. I've heard but, uh, I've heard it said that um uh the the consensus amongst the uh, the Beast Wars fandom is that season 2 is the best season of the series and I'm not seeing it so far. Now I do know that there I, I'm not seeing it yet. I, I know there are good episodes to come in the season, but so far we are now 4 episodes in. <laughs> And I think I liked Aftermath more than you did. 
Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> but I definitely was not a fan of Coming of the Fusors Part 1 and 2. And uh, I guess spoilers for the end of this podcast, but I'm not a fan of this one either. Uh-oh. Yep. There, there is, I think, one thing in this episode that I really like, and I'll, I'll point it out when we get there. Yeah, Megatron opens with, Eager to begin another glorious Predacon day, are we? And I'm like, dude, everybody's afraid of you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you acting so nice half the time? It's like the whole, like, whenever you think you can be, like, friendly with, like, Megatron, he, like, smacks you in the head and knocks you off the terror board. Right. I like that Tarantula shows up and is basically all like, why the fuck did you call me here? I have better <laughs> things to do, bud. I have Tarantula's things to do. <laughs> and Megatron's just like, I'm Excuse me! <laughs> I'm sure you do. But I have something more important for you. Yes. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Apparently he's found some Energon cubes in, uh, uh, grid Arrakis is what he's calling it. How fortunate that he is sending the arachnids there. Right. I know. When I heard that <laughs> earlier, I was like, ugh, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he wants. Uh, so, yeah, basically, Megatron wants Tarantulas and Black Arachnia and Quick Strike to go to this, like, large cache of stable energon cubes that he's found and build a refueling station. And I'm like, okay, send the three arachnids, <laughs> the three most treacherous members of your team. Maybe what? the way he's thinking is that he knows black arachnia doesn't like tarantulas, right? He knows tarantulas will be traitorous and he wants to test to see how loyal Quick Strike is. So by sending them out, it kind of creates a perfect storm. Mm. And then what whatever bullshit inevitably happens, he when he gets his reports back, he'll know where Quick Strike set stands, what happened with Black Arachnia, right? Like try to put the pieces together. Right. But but to go against what I just said, well, when has that ever worked? <laughs> <laughs> well, Scorpionark was loyal. Yes, this Quick Strike fellow is half Scorpion. Perhaps he will be half as loyal. <laughs> which is still more loyal than half of the Predacons. <laughs> which is more loyal than Tarantulas. Yes. Is uh, there anyone less loyal than Tarantulas? Uh, I mean, besides Dinobots. <laughs> The actual, like, full-fledged traitor. Yeah. Uh, His, it's not that he was a, okay, so, I I think Dinobot's questioning of Megatron's command was valid, and he refuses to let somebody lead that he, when he views them as incompetent. Right. Which is why he's fine in the Maximals, for now. I mean, uh, when I've had jobs in the past and I've had bosses or supervisors that were, that I felt were incompetent or less capable than I was, I didn't tend to listen to them very much. And I'd usually get fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's happened many times. It's weird how workplaces don't really operate on efficiency as much as you would think they do. No, no, they don't. <laughs> 
we operate on like favoritism and yep ego painful yeah basically anyways uh a lot of the times it's basically like the yes men get ahead even if they're fucking horrible at their jobs but because they're yes men and will late and will just do do whatever they're told without questioning anything well from what i've learned in the professional business sector of things is that yes men are more valued than competent people that might question them mm-hmm. i don't know why maybe i need to go to management school to find to find out but well see the thing is is if if you have people who are too com- uh competent and aren't yes men they will eventually start questioning your t- tyrannical lead. Your tyrannical lead too much <laughs> to the point that they start being like, hmm, why do we even need this person anymore? Like, like how about I? I? That... How about how about I just take charge? I, I have that's a good point. I have literally seen that happen. Yeah. I've never heard it put into words before though. I I have actually seen that happen. Where they fired the person that was like slowly just replacing and making middle management obsolete. Right. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I, I had in one of my first retail jobs, uh, I had someone uh, tell me because I was kind of like stuck in the middle of this like power struggle between like the department manager and the assistant department manager. And like, I didn't really understand what was going on. Like why, they were butting heads so much and like why I was being dragged in the middle and, and like, I started to see like a lot of redundancies in their roles and yada, yada. Long story short is that, uh, this one coworker who had been there for years and years and years told me, he's like, he's like everyone in any level of management basically need to, always justify their existence. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, huh. So I kind of took that to heart, and that's something that I've observed in just about every job I've ever had since. Yeah, anyway, Uh, that's uh, that's my little spiel there. And then there's my old workplace which will remain unnamed, that when they realize middle management is like redundant and that like people underneath are taking on additional tasks, instead of paying them more and getting rid of middle management, they open up a whole bunch of new positions that are in between middle management <laughs> and front of house. Wow to take care of the small things that they can delegate tasks to. So as a result, there's kind of like a couple people like in management, essentially like doing nothing. Six people just underneath them that are like working their asses off and running around, taking responsibility for everything. Right. And then the front of house, which is like also working just as hard, but is the bottom of the barrel. Yep. Anyways, shit talking my old workplace aside. <laughs> because oh no, my old coworkers might be listening to this. <laughs> and uh, I made a teenage mutant ninja turtle joke one time. And 
have you ever felt like you are truly old and i most of the time it's like if the age difference is 15 10 years i can usually feel right but yeah, when i was like totally. 28 29 i made a teenage mutant ninja turtle reference to people like five six years younger than me do you know what i mean like right. 22 23 24 not a single one of them knew what i was talking about and i was like cowabunga dude like sewer like like pizza loving like like sewer turtles and they like looked at me and i like looked at all of them and they were all like 20 to like 24 and i was like 28 29 like not that much older than them and i'm like teenage mutant ninja turtles and i just stared at them and one of them the closest one to my age was like oh wasn't that like a cg or like a live action movie that came out a while ago and like 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 a thousand brain cells in my head just kind of like committed suicide (laughs) and i was like how is it possible i'm like four to eight years older than everyone else here and none of them even know what teenage mutant ninja turtles i thought i was mass like being mass trolled but no and i showed them pictures and one of them was like oh yeah i kind of remember that like cartoon or something and i was like wow that's kind of i guess i'll just kill myself (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of wild to me because like that's a property that has never gone away no. Like, there was the cartoon in the 80s that it was ran, wild to me, too. There, there was the cartoon that ran from, like, I think it was, like, 87. And that shit ran until, like, 1994. Like, that show went on a long time. And then there was there the, were, there were the three live-action movies from, yeah, like, 1990. From, like, 1990 to 1993. There was the live-action TV show in, like, 1998. There was that Nickelodeon cartoon in the early 2000s, and then there was another cartoon in the late 2000s, and then there was, like, there have been, like, two more cartoons in the past, like, ten years. And a bunch of, like, there was that animated CGI movie that came out in, like, 2007. So, like, it's not a pro- it's a property that hasn't gone anywhere. Like, yeah. any... So when I mentioned this in, like, 2018, I, like, stared at them in, like, disbelief. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's... It's like really like you didn't even you guys didn't even watch the like CG movie from like the mid two thousands like I don't know I had a different a different scene of people I guess right yeah like our scene of people like no reboot no Beast Wars no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have friends that like like play Dungeons and Dragons have friends that play Magic the Gathering buy comics right yeah. And I guess they are just the the kids that oh I don't know like went fishing with their fathers that are <laughs> still around <laughs> or were part of the running club played sports ball in in education in education yes <laughs> uh, in learning anyway schools. speaking speaking of learning schools. <clears throat> Megatron sends the two smartest individuals to go construct a jamming tower. Yeah. Yeah, he sends uh, Waspinator and Inferno. Yeah, like I said, the two most educated of the uh, the Predacons to <laughs> go construct a jamming tower. Yeah. and uh, To disrupt maximal communications. Yeah, and uh, Tarantulas is all like, and what precisely are you doing? And Megatron ominously is all like, planning for the future. (laughs) 
Dun dun. That feels <laughs> like it's planting some seeds. As you command, my Lee, my queen. And Megatron goes, Oh, I do wish he'd stop calling me that. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, he doesn't say this to Inferno. <laughs> he just, like, sighs and says it to himself. Yeah, why doesn't he just, like, if, if, if it bothers him that much, why doesn't he just, like, smack bla- him and say, never call me that again? Yeah, I, I think he, deep down, secretly kind of likes it. Yeah, he likes being equivocal to monarchy royalty yeah 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 but he doesn't he doesn't want to like smack him and go never call me queen again yeah and besides i look fabulous in these heels (laughs) Uh. check me out in my tiara yes Uh, so quick, like you I said, I am a princess some... no longer. No, <laughs> no, I am your queen. <laughs> I am your queen, your fabulous queen. Yes, especially in my shiny new duds. <laughs> um, so Tarantula says, So Megatron means to persist in his madness, mm-hmm. and I assume he means, Oh, in this, in the continuing. Engagement with the Maximals. Um, Do you know what he means when he says that? I think what he means is like since um, since late in season one, like Megatron has clearly been up to something. Like he he knows more than he's letting on. Yeah, and like everything he is doing seems to be working towards some goal that hasn't been revealed to us yet, or even to any of the other characters in the show. And I think that's what Tarantulas might be alluding to. Is like, oh, Megatron is is uh, going to continue pursuing like the same bullshit he's been after all along. Oh, that we got a glimpse into. Uh, what were the two final episodes of season one called again? Uh, other voices. We got a glimpse. Man, I I was impressed by Megatron. He was truly like a Bond villain, like sitting back and like watching all of the pieces fall into place with that Uh, fucking i i commend the writing for that pieces falling Um, into place just like pieces of optimus flying through space (laughs) (laughs) exactly as intended goodbye optimus (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he didn't seem too surprised when he saw optimus back he was like get him you're, I I was surprised there wasn't like that cartoon. You know the cartoon running sound that's like bada, 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 I I can't re- recreate it. Like the cartoon like slipping or running sound or whatever that like like the the people... runner sound. Y- yeah, but like you could also like shake your head in disbelief to it. <laughs> I imagine like he would stop and like shake his head and that like roadrunner like running sound would like play and he'd go Optimus, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, because he but there a lot happened really quick. They needed to progress the plot, get him back, you know, get things going. I understand that. This season is, is like only half the uh, the only has half the episodes of season one. So, and correct, and this season is much more serialized than season one. So they've got to, which is good. It's good. So they've got to they got to kind of move the plot along, which this episode yes. does. 
And like I said, also at the same time, feels kind of like filler, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, we joined the, speaking of like filler, we joined the Predacons as they're like assembling like supplies, like beams and like gir- girders and like supplies, right? Inferno Onto has a dish carts. on his head. <laughs> oh, the for the satellite yeah. disruptor. Right, right. And um, Tarantulas is talking to himself, bitching about Megatron. Megatron is continuing with this madness and expects me to carry out such a menial task. Yeah, And I'm like, yeah, he's keeping you busy because he knows you're a shitlord. <laughs> I like how um, uh, Inferno and Waspinator fly away, like, carrying components, and Waspinator is all like, <laughs> oh, Megatron will be pleased, or something like that. And Tarantulas is like, hmm, yes, and we do just live to please Megatron, don't we? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) See, that's why part of me likes Tarantulas, only part of me likes Tarantulas, is because I'm like, well... He gives no fucks. I feel like Black Arachnia and Tarantulas are... Speaking of, you know how we were bitching about like workplaces and stuff. Right. They remind me of the people that are at like the job like seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they they keep their head just above water to not get fired, but are kind of just like done. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean to say is their attitude about this, like how they engage with Megatron, reminds me a lot of my workplace when I was in my god like eighth ninth year <laughs> i i've only been at my job now for three years and uh i kind of vibe with that that mentality you're feeling uh you're feeling like tarantulas and black arachnia here uh yep yep yeah me too i can tell you more about that uh off air all right <laughs> uh so um the show tries to be like egalitarian, but then the show also has Quick Strike call Black Arachne a sugar bot. Yeah. And that's not to say it's not okay to, because that kind of stuff exists in real life, right? But, um, I, I like how Black Arachnia, like, leads him on. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, she plays into it, uh, like just to get him like hook line and sinker to do shit for yeah. her. have a have a loyal like thirsty dude as your one of your white knights right yeah yeah so she basically says like um uh she's divided the cargo that they have to carry into like three uh equally portioned trailers and uh <laughs> she basically manipulates quick strike into being all like being all like, oh, I'm a big, strong man. I'll uh, uh, I'll take extra off of your hands because you're a dainty little lady. And she's all like, oh, I do declare, basically. <laughs> and Tarantulas <laughs> is like looking from the out on the outside because he knows Black Arachnia. Oh yeah, right? yeah. he's like he knows oh, what he like. Do. He face palms hard, like watching. He doesn't stop it, but he's just like, oh my god, okay, whatever. <laughs> At how like quick strike is man, that's like me like like observing nineteen like twenty year olds in a bar, 
being like clearly manipulated by like women around them to get free drinks. Right. Oh man, I wonder how many drinks I need to like give this girl for her to hang out with me. I never trick I, question. I, uh, I never fell into that trap when I was in my early twenties no, and going to bars was, and clubs a lot. My favorite was um, turning and telling a guy, "I was like, oh dude, like." Don't buy this chick drinks. She just tried to hit me up for a bunch, right? And then a girl coming, sitting on a guy's lap. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, buy me a drink. Oh, okay. Goes and buys her a drink, right? Comes back with it. She's like, oh, thanks. Sits up, takes the drink, and, like, walks off to talk to some, like, other dudes. Like, not even in the friend group. Ooh. Ooh. And I turned to him, and I was like... I made that kind of, like, ooh. Like, as if he just got burned. (laughs) Like, face. And he just, like, shrugs. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I told you though. I told you she just like tried to bug me for a drink. Yeah. Come on, man. I, t- I tried to help a brother out. Uh, you could lead a horse to water. <laughs> Speaking of which, anyway. tar- Tarantulas goes to beast form and like uh, gets out his like. Uh, I don't like his beast form. His uh, uh, spider wheels out and uh, hooks up to the to the to the trailer. And I all... feel like he's much better suited to haul cargo with his new transmetal beast mode. Totally. Well, and he's, he's like way tank. yeah, he's like way bigger than either than either Black Arachnia much or bigger. Quick Strike. Was he always much bigger, or is he exceptionally bigger in his new like transmetal form? He was a bit larger than Black Arachnia in but season not one. This much bigger? No, right? he's like twice her size now. Yeah, he's huge now. Yeah, and Quick Strike's a little dude, and uh, weird because Cobras are huge, but whatever. And and uh, yeah, uh, Tarantulas is all like, "Well then, partner, let's head him up and move him out." Oh, doing an impression of <laughs> of Quick Strike, Quick yeah. Strike, <laughs> as he like zips on by. I liked that. So, holy shit, is the Axelon in bad repair? Yeah, I, it looks. Fuck, that looks bad, man. It it looks bad. Like, they might as well not even live in it. (laughs) Right. Wow. It is decrepit as fuck. Well, I mean, it's the only house they have, so... Fair enough. So, uh, Rhinox is trying to do some science on Optimus. (laughs) Optimus is standing in this, like, little chamber thing with some, uh, some tubes hooked up to him and Rhinox is basically just like well we don't know how these them their transmetal bodies are uh what they're all about so we got to do some science on you big bot <laughs> yeah and uh he plugs in a, a cable yeah to a battery that that already has like eight cables and he electrocutes himself yep and Optimus. They both cry out in pain. <laughs> Rhinox goes flying backwards. And then they both just kind of recover, like, so nonchalantly. They go, that was weird. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention the last scene was that uh, Tarantulas decided to uh, throw a, like, tracking device into uh, one of the... Did I miss that? Yeah, one of the cargo things. Did he do it, that scene? Oh, he fucking did, and I missed it. Yeah, he throws this thing, and he throws it right behind Black Arachne and Quick Strike, and I'm like, bro, they could have seen that. Yeah, he's basically all like, hmm, 
I don't like what Megatron's up to. Let's bring the Maximals into this. And yeah. Can you tell how much we paid attention, <laughs> listeners? Right. That's very important to the plot, by the way. It is. It's extremely important. Uh, the rest of this episode does not uh, trans would not transpire as it does. Well, it may have been G-tar- a better episode. Too. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot like the literal plot point of the fucking episode. Yes, there's a tracking device that Tarantulas plants, and uh, he says, "Oh, this would be interesting if we brought the Maximals into the mix." Yeah. And speaking of Maximals, Cheetor um, vid windows um, <laughs> the bridge with Optimus and Rhinox in it, and he says, "Hey, Big Bot, I'm picking up a weird signal." Yeah. It's a pred code, but it's on a maximal frequency. Yeah, and Optimus is like, who's closest? Oh, Rat Trap and Silverbolt. Great. Get them on it. <laughs> yeah, I can fucking fly, but and so can you, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's send <laughs> <laughs> let's let's send um the rat and the uh the fusor. And the bird dog. Yeah. Yeah, bird dog. Man, okay, they say Fusor so many fucking times in this episode. <laughs> That's why I, <laughs> so, I I hate that word. It sounds it seems like it should be said Fuser. But they say Fusor, right? Is that how they say it? Yeah. I don't like that word. Like laser versus laser. Laser like laser comb productions. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm a fire in my laser. Yep. Listeners, it's pronounced laser comb, but it's spelled laser. No, no, you 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 pronounce it laser. Prove Christopher wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, somebody tried to convince me that Nike was pronounced Nike. Really? And I grew up with everybody calling it Nike, and I'm like, even if that's true. I will never Google it to to question that because I will I can never pronounce that Nike. I mean that word looking at it, yeah, would probably be pronounced Nike. Like, you know, Mike, bike, <laughs> etc. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um but the it is a name of a brand and that brand name is pronounced Nike. So it is therefore one thousand percent pronounced Nike, yeah, yeah. So therefore, in in that context, <laughs> which I don't even know if it's a word otherwise, but but in that particular context of the brand name, it is Nike. Yes. So fuck that guy. Fuck that guy indeed. That is an ex friend of mine. Uh, yeah. Cheetor uh, radios, Rat Trap, and Silverbolt. And is all like, oh, there's a pred signal at these coordinates. Optimus says, track and identify. And I'm like, no, he didn't. Those weren't the words that he used. That's not. He said, go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Cheetor is like trying to be, is like being like all commanding, being like, Optimus says, track and identify. No, he fucking didn't. Calm down. (laughs) Like, just because you got this like shiny new, like beefy cat. Transmetal cat body, like, like uh, maybe turn right. down the big dick energy a little bit. Okay, okay, calm down, Cheetor. <laughs> calm down, new guy. Uh, 
And Silverbolt, the shining beacon that he is, says, We will get on it immediately, Cheetor. Yeah, this show really likes pairing Scott McNeil with himself. <laughs> because, like, last season, it was always Rat Trap and Dinobot, both voiced by Scott McNeil. And in this episode, it's now Rat Trap and Silverbolt, both voiced by Scott McNeil. It's easier to get, um... To get the lines. Yeah, I <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I I think I've said this before, but like I just like to imagine him like in a recording booth, literally just talking to himself in real time, changing oh, switching voices. back and forth yeah. between the voices instead of doing one set of lines and then doing the other. Yeah, he's just switching back and forth in one solid recording. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> it would probably be a, a better way to uh, to consume this episode, honestly. I I wonder how that works, because, I mean, I know that there are a few Simpsons voice actresses that are literally talking to themselves sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and as a LARP coordinator and storyteller slash GM, don't mean to brag, but uh, I flip back and forth between NPCs, like characters, a lot and so, to the point where I'm talking to myself and it feels weird. <laughs> but if I keep my head in character in the game, it's less so. Mm. But if I'm not that into it, I'm like, this is, this is weird. I don't want to do this. Like I should talk to the players, but if I'm completely like committed, it's very, it's very easy. Right. So that might not be outrageous. Like he he might actually just be in a recording booth by himself, like talking back and forth to himself. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Dare to dream. If he ever does like a Reddit AMA or something, uh, I'll be sure. That's to a ask good him. question. Yeah, I'll yeah. ask him. <laughs> so uh, Silverbolt, being the paladin that he is, is like um, because that rat trap is like ah, it sounds like a wild prit hunt to me. And Silverbolt's like, perhaps so, but our leader, oh, what does he say here? Has charged our leader has charged yeah. us to learn the truth. And oh, and Silverbolt, for one, shall prove worthy of his trust. Right. And then and I'm like, and then it plays this like like medieval like trumpet kind of yeah, night it, song. Yeah, and Silverbolt flies away, and I'm like, very oh, slowly. I'm like, oh god. And then um I don't like Silverbolt. <laughs> and then um I I liked him more when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh Silverbolt's here. I remember him being my favorite. And now I'm like rewatching it and I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll grow on me as we uh as we continue on through the series, but like I'm sure the Fusors will definitely grow on us. But like right now i just i I find his altruism grating (laughs) especially you've gotten too used to rat trap and dinobot (laughs) well and to be perfectly honest especially as a like fairly uh not necessarily cynical but pragmatic grown adult in his 30s who has been through some shit in life like I I just I I find altruism irritating. 
And well, Rat Trap says something after Silverbolt flies away. He's like, oh, I just hate it when he does that. And I'm like, you've known him for like a week. <laughs> That's a good what point. What do you mean? <laughs> How? And so the show's trying to give you this feeling that he's like an old comrade who's been around for a long time and right. they're starting to know each other's quirks. Dude, this is like the first mission you've gone on with him. Yeah. Yeah, he literally joined the, the Maximal it feels last week. Yeah, it feels... <laughs> their the relationship, that whole chemistry, the line, I just hate it when he does that. It feels oddly forced. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Cheetor running off and being like, I hate it when he does that. Like, that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is like the first time Silverbolt has been alone with Rat Trap on the show. <laughs> so it feels gimmicky have they even exchanged words one one on one i think this is the first scene yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm with you there yeah and uh we cut to um, the badlands the uh the wastelands with uh the arachnids like hauling supplies Yep, they're 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 telling they're they're in beast form uh scurrying along Towing some, towing some cargo, and uh, Black Arachnia Tarantula starts speaking to Black Arachnia's burnt, like mind, and her eyes glow green as as they do, and he's basically all like, uh, in regards to the fact that Black Arachnia is manipulating um, uh, Quick Strike, he's basically all like, oh. Uh, Play whatever games you want with him, but dare to cross me, and I will fuck you up, bitch. Right? Yeah. Then he. I don't like his mouth. Yeah. So. So let's talk about that for a brief. Yeah. Moment. I, yeah. I listeners uh, off air. I, I messaged Cal earlier as I was watching the episode, and I'm like, Transmetal Tarantulas in his beast form has a mouth. That lip syncs as he talks, and I don't like it. It's because instead of it feeling organic, like you know how when the spiders talk, their um, mouth parts just kind of like wiggle, right? Like a, almost like a puppet or something like that, right? This hit none of his. He looks like a vehicle, right? And he's completely doesn't move except the bottom part of his jaw just like flaps open and closed, like a like a mechanical being instead of a juicy, like. I've complained to you about this before. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The transmetals look more like toys instead of animals when they're in their beast mode. They look like... V- and in Tarantulas' case, he straight up just looks like a vehicle. Yeah. So when he moves, his eyes and face are completely unmoving, and there's just this mouth, like, bottom jaw, like, flapping up and down. And it's eerie, because the show's better than that? like droopy dick mouth it's it's weird it's like a yeah like a like a sperm whale talking yeah it's just like this yeah like this little weird shaped mouth like flapping open like a vehicle trying to talk but instead of it having an animated face it's like um um its hood just like flaps open and closed that's what it's like yeah except downwards instead of upwards it's weird i don't like it (laughs) that's a good way of explaining it though i i probably couldn't have got there with it 
I, I tried. <laughs> anybody, anybody watching along with us? Um, if you're not and you're just a fan of the show and you somehow listen to us, well, thank you. But yeah, go check out the the episode if it's been a few years since you've seen it and tell us that like that's not the weirdest shit ever. It 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 looks weird. I don't like it. I've but actually, I already don't like tarantulas, so I've actually already made the the uh, episode art for this uh, for this particular oh. podcast, and it is literally that shot of him oh. like with his <laughs> mouth like open. <laughs> it's a still image of that. There you go. <laughs> So the show art for this episode, folks. And there uh, you go. yeah, Tarantulas like beaks off Black Arachnia and then like uses his like psychic link to like cause her some pain. And then she like, oh, right. He still has that psychic link bullshit. Yeah, she like uh, kind of quivers and like shakes in pain. And like one of the, the boxes on the trailer that she's towing like uh, shakes loose and like falls on her and quick strike is all like sugar bot sugar bot how many nice tokens do I have to put into you to get sex <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and she's all just like uh, fuck you dude and he's yeah the 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 gig like the the act is up and she's all like out of my way yeah and he's all like huh just ain't no figure in a female Oh, is that what he says? That is exactly what he says, and that made me cringe earlier. I was like, oh, God. I think we're supposed to cringe at him. I hope so. This was <laughs> 1997, though, so who knows? <laughs> I I don't understand who would think it was... Who would think that character is interesting like keep in mind they just killed off scorpionok and um pterosaur yeah because the toys weren't selling right right on what sane planet is quick strike a more interesting character than either a pterosaur or scorpionok or even a more interesting toy i had a, a the, the toy of pterosaur did suck i'll give you that i also had the toy of scorpionok listeners look if you've if you never had the Mega Beast Scorponok figure from like 1996, look up a picture of it. It was rad. It was a great toy. And the like Mega how beast. how he looked in the show too was pretty accurate to the toy. The only difference is like the toy was black instead of gray. Which oh. I, which I don't know, maybe that's why the toy didn't sell all that well. Was because like kids it were, didn't look like him. Was because kids were watching the show and are like, "Oh, why is he black?" Why isn't he great? Oh, like dude, he is the, in the toy show. is fucking rad. Yeah, the toy was cool. This is like some predator, like badass alien bullshit. Yeah, yeah. His tail comes up over top of him. Yeah, he can shoot a fucking bee. Why would you? Yeah, he has a cyber what, bee. What just like want? just like in the show, <laughs> he has a cyber bee in one claw and missiles in the other. I, I remember that toy very, very vividly. It was a really cool toy. It was one of my favorite Beast Wars toys. Huh. He looks almost more badass than he does on the, the show. And his toy was... I, I never had a Quick Strike toy, but I saw it in the store, damn it. And Scorponok was way cooler. <laughs> and just a way more interesting character. Uh, is Talking just about the TV show and everything else aside... Right. I've already tired of his gimmick. Uh, you notice both the Fusor's gimmicks are kind of tiresome? 
Yeah, like like you just were talking about how like the the noble paladin gimmick is like tiring to you already. Yeah. He, Ver- yeah, I'm I'm kind of done with Quick Strike's gimmick already. Versus the Western Outlaw. <sighs> what if it was subtle? <laughs> if it was subtle, he even like, says he'd be what like, incarnation. Like he does. God. Yeah. <laughs> if if it was more subtle, if he was like, "Oh, howdy there," blah blah blah. Don't mind if I do. But it's not subtle. They just like go nuts with it. Yeah. And I. I don't like it. Anyways. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, the quick strike toy looks shit. Also, I don't like the prehensile arms of Quick Strike and Megatron. Don't like it. Do you know what I mean? I don't like the the idea of like a like a, a having like a, a slinky tail as an arm, which both Megatron and Quick Strike have in their robot form. Right. But yeah, we've talked about that already. We did, yeah. I hate the the Megatron, the transmetal Megatron tail. I don't look at my floppy, floppy right arm. Yeah, yeah. You cannot I, ignore its girth. Exactly. <laughs> I, I believe I mentioned on the last podcast yeah. <laughs> that it looks like a flopping dick. <laughs> you certainly did. Uh. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. We're in a cave or some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, we're in a cave, and um, what happens here? What the heck? Tarantulas, like, Chuckles like, like a Sith Lord, like, summons... Oh, I see what he's doing. He's, like, beckoning with his arm for the little droid that he planted earlier to return. Mm. Oh, yeah, right, crushing right. It. Yeah, so he's basically, like, he observes the cave that they're in, and he's all like, huh, well, uh, I don't think I'll need the Maximals after all, because uh, I really like this cave. Fuck Megatron. I'm going to make this my new lair. And so he summons the, the like, homing beacon thing that he planted earlier to attract the Maximals and crushes it, because he's like, I don't think I'll need the Maximals after all. Indeed. That won't bite him in the butt, I'm sure. Yeah. And so he laughs maniacally, and then we cut back to um, uh, Rattrap and Silverbolt, and Rattrap is uh, in his race car mode, and he loses the signal, and he's like, he's all like, shit, how are we going to find him now? And Silverbolt is like, we just follow our nose. Wherever it goes. And that's literally what they do. And, uh, Liter- yeah, quite literally. literally. Yeah. <laughs> Rattrap literally starts sniffing the ground. And then we, we cut back to the, the Predacon, uh, the, the Arachnid trio back at huh. the, the Energon cave. And, uh, yeah, they, they exchange some words and, Tarantulas like wanders around and looks up and sees on the ceiling in one section of the cave a whole bunch of stable energon cubes. Too much energy. Actually, a sufficient amount of energon, according to Tarantulas. Yep. A sufficient amount to uh to power them for a very long time, apparently. Yeah. Black Arachnia's like, oh, looks like something's percolating in that devious brain. 
and he's all like, "Yes, this will make a wonderful new lair, uh, 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 for for all of us." And she's like, <laughs> "What do you mean for all of us?" He's like, "You, me, perhaps the Fusor as well. <laughs> Your new boyfriend can come too." <laughs> As long as I can watch on occasion. <laughs> that was probably the best uh, tarantula man I've ever done. As long as I get you on weekends. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's like, yeah, an arachnid trio aligned against Megatron and uh black arachnia just like bursts out into laughter and it's all like you against megatron <laughs> you're out of your mind web face or something webs yeah and uh and he taps his head and he's like but i'm still inside yours as pertaining to her mind yeah so they're still uh, yeah pointing out that they still have a psychic link and he really rubs it in that she's basically his slave this episode. And this is when I'm uncomfortable with it. And I wish like I I'm like siding with black arachnia this episode. Oh, a hundred percent. I think yeah, we're supposed you too? to. You're yeah. supposed to. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Holy shit. How do you get free of this fucking menace? Yeah. Cause like she in her own right is kind of a sadistic evil bitch, but like watching her like quite literally be abused is extremely uncomfortable. I already don't like Tarantulas when he's not, like, psychically dominating yeah. <laughs> Black Arachnia. So that added flavor really... Like, I, I, I've said this to you before, I feel like Tarantulas is a much... He fulfills the villain role almost better than Megatron because I hate him more. Right. And I don't hate his character on the show, mind you, right? Like, I don't hate the writing for him or the character design. That's what... I'd say he has good character design. I mean, I hate him personally, which means that he's a good villain. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those episodes where I really want to see him get his comeuppance. Uh, so, uh, so quick strike interjects and, um, Tarantulas, like, makes a sales pitch to him, basically, and, uh, quick strike is, like, basically says that he, uh, uh, doesn't really mind working for Megatron, but he feels, uh, he, he wishes he could thrash things more, which I'm just like, <laughs> sure, okay. Uh, and Tarantulas is like, oh, you join me and you can do all the thrashing you want. Right. And I'm like, Jesus, is, really, is, is it really that all? Is that all it really takes? Like, do you want someone that fucking, like, easy to manipulate on your side? Don't you? No. You because, just throw him at the enemy. No, because then, like someone else could just make the same offer and he'll be like, oh, okay. It's not even a high price. Yeah. Oh, just more thrashing. It's like, well, how do you even quantify that? Like, it, it's, in, it's incredibly vague. 
you need to start getting into the brass tacks. It's like, okay, like how much thrashing can I do? <coughs> oh, excuse me. How much thrashing can I do on your team versus the amount of thrashing I get on Megatron's team? How many thrashes? Yeah, how many thrashes per day? Megatron over here is offering me three thrashings <laughs> per day. You're only offering me two thrashings per day on weekdays, but five thrashings per day on Saturdays and four on Sundays. Yeah, that's so still that's still more thrashing. That technically true. But Megatron, but Megatron's also off, offering to let uh, to let me do some thrashing. Let us do some thrashing role play together. So, you know. Also, he gives lets me use the Xbox every other day. <laughs> uh, please, this is 1997. Oh, I'm sorry. What was I thinking? The N64. The Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. The PS One. Cheers. Or just the PlayStation. You can play Pokemon Snap. <laughs> you can. Now I'm wondering when it came out. You can play the Beast Wars PlayStation game. Cheers. Oh God. What in tarnation? <laughs> <laughs> you lied to me, boss. <laughs> you said this was a good game. Uh, that features too much energon. <laughs> 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 oh man Megatron strikes again can you tell uh, listeners that there's not much going on in the episode <laughs> hmm yes the planet has Energon <laughs> we're like quantifying thrashings as a, as a form of currency <laughs> oh uh, so yada, literally like yada 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 we're halfway through the episode yeah <laughs> um and basically tarantulas maniacally laughs yeah this scene isn't even important anymore it's, it's not I'm, it gonna, doesn't... I'm gonna jump ahead yeah silver bolts and they're sniffing around silver bolt and rat trap and uh with his mighty elf eyes uh, Silverbolt spotted in obvious tire tracks going through the desert. Yep. I'm like, wow, yeah, they... You know, instead of sniffing around, why didn't he take to the skies to look for tracks? But whatever. Yes. We must track them down, Rat Trap, for we are something, something, something. And Rat Trap's like, oh, man, I thought Optimus's speech was, speeches were bad. Yep. And I'm like, you, they both can be bad, but one is better than the other. <laughs> so it's like the show is acknowledging that Silverbolt's annoying. Yeah, yeah. That always irks me in a TV show, it seems aware of its shortcomings. Uh, there is a term for that in storytelling. It is called yeah. hanging a lantern on something. Right. It's right. You've mentioned this on our other uh, podcast, um, Alphanumeric. Right. The, the reboot podcast, if anyone's listening and unaware that we do reboot as well. Yeah. You, you've mentioned that on that show. Yeah. Hanging a lantern is when, oh, it was the Al's Diner one. Hmm. 
when at the end they were like, are you telling me that all of this could have been avoided because you personally know Al? And she's like, that's what I was trying to say. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's when that's when you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically so. Uh, for the listeners, like hanging a lantern is essentially writers basically trying to excuse shitty writing by writing something usually like a really contrived plot point or something that's really obvious or something that's really forced yada 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 um so much so that like you're picking up the you the viewer is picking up on it and the the writers know that the viewer is going to pick up on this so what they do is they have the characters in the story acknowledge how obvious or forced or stupid a particular or inconsistent or inconsistent yeah or just acknowledge something that uh the writers are aware is a problem in the story and they know the viewer is going to pick up on it as well so they've already done that with silver bolt yeah yeah with through rat trap yeah that's a perfect example yeah of, of that um that uh phrase yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it, it it's a really really old uh, TV. Uh, it's most common in TV, but it, it happens in movies as well. It's a really old and common TV trope of just writers trying to basically get odd to the camera. Basically, excuse their own shitty writing essentially yeah like their rat trap is telling the audience that silver bolt speeches his noble speeches are annoying mm-hmm. and it's like well yeah dude <laughs> tell your writers <laughs> yeah maybe like you can write you can have a char- write a character who gives speeches, but actually have them be good speeches. Like most of the time, like the speeches that uh, Optimus gives are actually pretty good and inspiring. And they're spread out and timed. But Silverbolt does speeches just in between scenes for no reason. And they're really and so they fall short. And they're re- all really corny. And we know that they're, they're shallow. Corny. Yeah, and we know that they're corny and shallow. And so the show is getting away with that by having Rat Trap be all like, man, this guy's speeches are really corny and shallow. Am I right? Am I right, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah it, so they know. They know. It's annoying. Uh, didn't bother me at all when I was, you know, 12. But at 36, it does. <laughs> Acknowledging it makes it worse for some reason. It does. It <laughs> really does. Right? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Optimus. <laughs> Nothing's worse than that, though. <laughs> oh, fucking super ape. Yeah. We're referencing season one. <laughs> yep. The episode uh, Victory. Which we did a uh, podcast about, because we do a podcast about every episode. So go and listen to that. Yeah. So we cut back to uh, Tarantulas and Black Arachnia, and Tarantulas finds Black Arachnia, I don't know, picking up a missile or some sort of, like, beacon. And he's like, what are, up? What are you up to, witch? 
<laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, she's picking up some kind. She's grabbing like some kind of tool out of a chest. And she's all like. She mentions like. Something along the lines of like, oh, uh, uh, I'll get my re- like. Like, I'll get my revenge or whatever with uh, that data that I took from Megatron's data tracks. Or something along right. those lines. So something she, like that, yeah. Yeah, so she acknowledges that. Um, I only point that out because it is, like, it's right, right. it's important. It's uh, it's moving a subplot forward. Yeah, and Tarantulas well, is not like, even. It's oh, kind of just reminding of us, us of a subplot. but Reminding us that, hey, by the way, she has secret information. Yeah. And um, Tarantulas is like, hey, hey, tell me. Tell me. Let if you're not going to share your toys, tell me what you're going to do. And she refuses, and he's all like, well, I'll just rip it out of your mind using our psychic link. And she screams in pain. And then he gives up and kind of scoffs, and he says, oh, it seems a section of your circuits has been blocked to me. Right. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she, like, defiantly, like, takes a defiant stance with, with him. And it's very... Like spirit, semi-spiritual or psychic, because he's all like, "Open your mind to me, Quaid. Open your mind." <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong. That that's on our uh, um, Total Recall podcast. I'm not Hauser. I'm Quaid. I'm not Hauser. Who is this Hauser? Anyway, <laughs> I hear he's a very good-looking guy, but I'm not him. <laughs> Howdy, stranger. This is Hauser. Man, the first time I know I... what you're thinking. How is that me when I am you? But I must tell you that you are not you. You are me. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw that movie uh, was when I was. It would have been really like I was five, and that movie came out in 1990 when I was five. So like it must have been. Uh, my mom had rented it on VHS. And, Amazing. and she had like a, a bunch of her friends over and I just sat in the living room with them and watched it. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I ever saw the movie and the part where he like sticks the thing up his nose to get the like transmitter or whatever it is out. Holy that shit. That scared the shit out of me when I was like <laughs> five years old. The like the five minute scene where he's just ripping this like small apple sized object out of his fucking skull. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the human body doesn't stretch like that. Well, I didn't think I didn't think that way when I was five, you know? Right? <laughs> and I, I'm sure part of that shot is like an um a silicone like recreation of his head. Oh, I, I, I've I've seen the movie as an adult several times. Oh, okay. it's, de- it's definitely an animatronic, and um, it, you could tell it's an animatronic. Even child me could tell, but I was like, man, like I don't, I I don't think people realize that like the nasal um, opening of bone and the cartilage, like his nose would be. You know, when you, I don't know if you know, but when you break your nose, like there's heavy bruising under your eyes and you can't breathe and it swells like it's. I've never broken my nose, so. It's, it's not, not fun. And that would have absolutely fucking destroyed his, 
the cartilage and the hell, maybe even like some of the bone and it's like nasal opening. And I remember watching that and he just like cleanly pulls it out and there's like barely any blood or <laughs> anything. He, and I'm like, he pulls it out as he's going all like, it's a three minute scene <laughs> where he agonizingly rips a small <laughs> apple out of his nose and screams. <laughs> like only Arnold can. Yeah, it's this like golf ball sized orb. That he yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good uh, size approximation. Yeah, <laughs> golf ball. Yeah, and I'm like, I know he's got a huge nose, but is that possible? The tracker, it's free. And I'm like, how did they get that in there? <laughs> is is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I, at least in Total Recall. So uh, we're we're back at the uh, Predacon base in Megatron's chambers, and he's in <clears> his <throat> little hot tub. And um, and Quaid um, <laughs> looks over the edge and drops the arms, and he says, "See you at the party, Victor." Uh, come on, Cohagen, give these people air. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll get you ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. See, Jesus. See you at the party, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, Any- Ma- 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 runs in his uh, chambers in his little hot tub. And uh, 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 Waspinator radios in and is all like, Err, satellite dish finished. And Megatron's like, excellent, you've done well, Waspinator, cheers. And this is the one part of the episode I really like. And it's this, like, little, like, throwaway (laughs) bit where... (laughs) So behind Waspinator in the background, you see the the satellite dish erected. And uh, Inferno is by, like, one of the... uh, One of the uh, pillar... It's, like, being held up on a tripod. It's a tripod. It's a tripod, Yeah. yeah. And uh, Inferno is, like, standing at the base of one of the pillars. And he just starts laughing and then, like, kicks it aside. And the dish, like, falls onto Waspinator. And the feed, the video feed, cuts out right as, like, Waspinator's turning and, like, shielding himself from being crushed by the satellite. Yeah. And it kind of feels like he's just keeping them busy because Megatron doesn't seem that worried. He just, like, switches channels and goes, oh, I wonder how the others are faring. And he tries to uh, radio Tarantulas, but doesn't go through. Yeah, he tries radioing all of them one by one, and then he's like, anyone? Blast those arachnids! (laughs) Because he figures out they're ignoring him. Uh, what are they up to now? And I'm like, what did he expect? Yeah, like, what did you expect? Bro. <laughs> like, should have fucking sent Inferno with Tarantulas and Black Arachnia. I mean, look what happened the last time he sent Inferno after them. Tarantulas Great got burned alive. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, that was an agent, like, that was a very important piece to that that puzzle. Yeah. Uh, a pawn very important um, to his game that he was like playing. Fuck, he even like came back to life. <laughs> and then Megatron sees him later and he's like, holy shit, Inferno's alive. Let's get out of here. 
So we enter a game of cat and mouse with Tarantulas and Black Arachnia now in that cave. Right. And Tarantulas is like, you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape my claws. Something like that. Something like that. So uh, Black Arachnia drops down from the ceiling and uh, transforms into robot form. And uh, grabs a dagger. Yeah, she has a dagger, which presumably is what she took out of the toolbox a couple scenes ago. No, she she threw that at Tarantulas, whatever she oh. had taken out. That's how she made her escape. Oh, okay. When she was like writhing in like agony, she like threw the the missile or the pod or the beacon or whatever it was at Tarantulas. Tarantulas is like momentarily got stunned and she transformed and like crawled away. Oh. So this presumably is on her person. So she just has this weird like four bladed dagger. Like a Mortal Kombat dagger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, <laughs> so, so this blade that appears out of nowhere, basically, uh, She's all like, sever the link, or, and then she like kicks a energon cube because she, they're, they're by a bunch of energon cubes. She kicks an energon cube free and catches it and like puts it in between this like. The dagger transforms and separates into four separate blades as if to hold something in the center, such as an energon, such as an energon cube. Yeah, it looks kind of like a bladed like vice grip basically yeah like it's meant to hold and crush a energon cube yeah so very very weird because we've never seen this device before no so she's like uh yeah sever the the psychic link between us or i'll crush this cube and slag us both yeah i'm i'm tired of being your your bitch yeah and tarantula he's like, like you're bluffing bitch and she's all like, no, I'm not, fucker. <laughs> and she's like, okay, you asked for it. Yeah. And she increases her grip, and yeah, she start- blue fire starts to torment her? Yeah, she starts, like, shorting out from, like, uh, from... Processed pure energon? Yeah, like, splitting, slowly, like, splitting the cube open. And then, uh... Uh, the psychic link is actually visualized as like a blue, like energy cable <laughs> connected to each yeah. other. And uh, tarantula starts shorting out too, and he, because he they feel the same pain. Yeah, he. That- yeah, he's all like he's all like oh the psychic link works both ways. Uh, uh, I I can feel your pain. And she's all like, yeah. sever the link. And he's like, never. And she's like, never. And she's like, well, fuck us both then. And then, yeah, it, I'd it, rather us both go. Yeah. I, yeah. For her. You go, girl. Yeah. She's like, I, I'd rather, I'd rather us both die than continue to be your slave or something like that. Good play. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it, if it was someone else that was like less tarantulous like, maybe she could stomach that. But like, He's annoying. He taunts her psychically throughout the episode. Like this is this is atrocious. Yeah, he's like a pe- he's a piece of shit. 
Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, uh, you know what? Take him out with you. Good, good, good thinking. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So after a uh, uh, back and forth, like he concedes and then serves the link, and uh, um, she throws the the blade away and is all like, "I told you I'd be free." And he's all like, "Well." I'm going to kill you now, so it's not like you're going to live to uh, to enjoy it. And then uh, Quickstrike shows up and is all like, Oh, better save it. Better save it, Big T. The Maximals are here. <laughs> and I'm all like, dude, this guy was just like... Like, w- weren't you like coming to your... Like, why weren't you trying to like come to the to the aid of your newfound girlfriend? Like you've been fawning over, just, you've been fawning he, over her like this entire episode. Yeah, is he just coming into the conversation and does thinks they're just having a little squabble? Like, is he severely unaware of how ready they are to kill each other? I mean, Tarantulas yes. did just say he was going to kill her, and like, Quick, Quick Strike doesn't really seem bothered by that beyond the fact that they have more immediate concerns. In the, maybe, uh, the um, maybe he's so used to Predacons like threatening each other like that that yeah, but he's only been part of the Predacons for a week. <laughs> Much like Silverbolt has only been part of the Maximals for a week. Maybe that's his way of diffusing it because he's a tiny little man who could not take Tarantulas. Mm. <laughs> Except that he it's shown that he's not afraid of anyone. Yeah, like, remember he immediately picked a fight with Silverbolt. Oh yeah, and like, like uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but like the way that Tarantulas finally convinced him to uh, to uh, work against Megatron is Tarantulas was like, "Oh, so you fear Megatron?" And he's oh, all right, and he's all like, "What in tarnation? I fear no one." Right, he used that his ego right. uh, to get him to join him. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, well, I understand if you fear Megatron." And he was like, fuck, fuck you. I don't fear Megatron. Of course I'll join you for now. What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? (laughs) 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 So cue um, some rock music and all the the arachnids like crawl to a rocky outlook. And uh, it shows the two. They're afraid of two Maximals for some reason. (laughs) Rat trap and... Um, silver dog, silver bolt, <laughs> bird dog, bird dog, and um, tarantulas like clenches his fist and he's like maximals. I'm probably just gonna call silver bolt bird dog for the rest of the series, uh, just so you and the listeners know. <laughs> <laughs> and Quick Strike seems pumped because he's like, finally something I could sink my teeth into. Yeah. So a uh, uh-huh. yeah, a battle goes down, and I don't know. To be honest, like it, it's not a particularly interesting battle, at least not to me anyway. Not really. Um, for some reason, Silverbolt ejects his two wing missiles that he can fire, catches them, and then throws them before they ignite and then propel themselves. Yeah, it was a weird maneuver. 
just showing off the animation, but it seems seems less efficient than just shooting them out of your wings. Yeah. Be cautious, my friend. We don't know what we're getting into. And yeah, it's a boring fight. Yeah, because it... I don't know. It's like... So, I like, I wasn't a, a big fan. Uh, I mean, neither of us were big fans of uh, Coming of the Fusors Part 1 and 2. But, like, at least that was actually a pretty good battle in Part 2 there. That kind of yes. stretched out. We throughout could break the... it down. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that stretched out, like, through the entire second part of the episode. Um, much like the, the battle at the end of Aftermath, like, this battle doesn't really... F- I don't know, like, it, it feels like it's a battle just to have a battle. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like, it just... Itself, it's self-fulfilling, because, like... Tarantulas is the one that brought them here. Yeah. So it's, it feels a little weak. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so uh, Tarantulas... Uh, yeah, so... Oh, there's that scene where Silverbolt like, stops himself from throwing a missile at Black Arachnia. Yeah, and uh, Tarantulas She looks all up. scared. Tarantulas shows up, and Rattrap is all like... Uh, you handle the spiders. I'll handle the fusor. <laughs> Using that word again. I think I've I I think I've heard the word fusor at least four times in this episode. It's they say it they say it a lot. They want you to know. They want the kids to know what they're called. So when they ask their mom to buy them the the new um, Transformers thing, they know exactly what they're after. Yeah. They're because uh... when yeah. There and there were like fusors were an entire like subline of uh of uh like the the second year Beast Wars toys like there were way more fusors than just these two. Yeah, I can I can imagine. I've I've googled some of them. Most of them are some pretty of them are pretty looking. ugly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, this was not a successful run. I can tell just from looking at them. Yeah. Um, and so. The basic gist of it is Silverbolt like doesn't throw his bombs at ter- uh, Black Arachnia. He's like, no, it is not right to strike a female. And I'm like, man, the Fusers are weird about women. Yeah. <laughs> Even a female Predacon. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, really? Like... You're and, like uh, you're in battle. Like she's been shooting at you. Like she's been shooting at you. There's there's only soldiers, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like who cares? And uh, and um, even Rat Trap's like, hey, that widow's about as female as a piston. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what that means, but I I I I'm on Rat Trap's side with this. <laughs> Yeah, Quick Strike's like, hey now, that my sugar bot. Yeehaw! And he's like possessive of her. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> it's not inherently sexist because just calling attention to like chivalry or like uh, 
male and female like so societal roles. Right. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's just a little cringy. <laughs> Both of them. Both the the Fusors are a little bit cringy when it comes to Black Arachnia. And then we get a um uh an action shot of Silverbolt like charging toward Quickstrike and he's all like, <laughs> "You claim to be the toughest of us all, but have done little to prove it, Snake." And I'm like, "Just keep going, Wolfie." And I'm like, Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Man, I don't and like either. a really character. uninspired fight. Yeah. Um, like Quick Strike bites his foot with his stupid cobra arm. Silverbolt goes ow and like howls out in pain, and then just hammers at him. <laughs> it just starts like his missiles are also axes. I don't. Yeah. Just, clubs. Yeah. Just it's like yeah, they're like clubs with like a uh, serrated blades on them. And he just starts yeah. like bashing Quick Strike's uh, <laughs> Cobra arm with it until he finally lets go, and Quick Strike falls back, and uh, uh, Silverbolt gets shot by Tarantulas, and Tarantulas is like, "Oh, we!" Yelling out loud, "Oh, we must keep the Maximals away from the cave at all costs. <laughs> Don't let them near the cave, guys." And uh, Rat Trap is all like, oh, the cave, huh? Let's go take a look. <laughs> Almost like Tarantulas wanted them to go look in the cave. Yeah, you think? It's another, like, nod to the... Um, so, uh, yeah, the Predacons are... The Predacons are... bicker. Yeah, they bicker, and then Silverbolt flies toward the cave, and then there's a big explosion, and Silverbolt... He flies goes... back and goes, ow! <laughs> his body like tumbles aside so presumably he blew it up yeah presumably it happens kind of off screen and that's what tarantulas wants us to believe because black arachne ah. is like oh what happened and tarantulas is like they blew up the cavern back to base oh, okay i see i see yeah and so they he's like damn those maximals yeah and so they all fuck off and uh, Quick Strike says some cowboy bullshit and then leaves. And, Rat Trap uh, is like, hey, nice shot. <laughs> but it wasn't me. It was not I who. But then who? Yeah. And uh, Rat Trap's like, oh, well, I suppose you want to go after them. And then uh, Bird Dog is like, uh, no, actually, I'm pretty tired. Let's just go back to base. Essentially. And uh, so we're back at the, the dark side and the the arachnids are reporting to Megatron and uh, uh, they're like, oh yeah, the, the Maximals blew up the cavern. Everything's destroyed. Tarantulas is delivering this. And, uh -huh. Mega and Megatron's like, everything? The Energon station? The cubes? Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. <laughs> <And>? What? What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Tarantulas is like everything completely destroyed. The Energon cubes as well, and he's like, especially the Energon cubes. Oh, like there's not even one left. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really overselling this. I am terribly sorry. We failed you, mighty Megatron. I'm afraid we'll just have to start all over again. 
yeah. somewhere else, far away from that location, which is destroyed, by the way. Yeah, totally <laughs> destroyed. We, you uh, can trust me. Yeah, it's not even worth going back to check it out because, like, it's just rubble now. All the supplies, everything, it's just, yeah. it's just gone. To- totes rubble. Totes destroyed, bro. And Megatron's all like, basically, like, well, well, fuck all of you then. Get out of here. Holy shit, I don't know what I expected about of any of you. Get the fuck out of my sight. <laughs> yeah. Before I turn you into a lamp. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we cut back to the cavern, predict as you could probably imagine, and Tarantulas has like a lab set up, and he's like, amazing what one well-placed charge can do, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, so he planted the bomb, and he's all like, if ever so humble, there's no place like home. And he laughs maniacally and he has the, yep. at his new uh, Energon lab. Yeah, his, the beginning of a new lab. Yep. And so that... I wonder where he gets the supplies for his labs. Right? I mean... I, I mean, I guess he has to, like steal them from the dark side but like you'd think like you'd think someone on that ship would be a quartermaster <laughs> that was Scorponok's job oh actually you remember that kind of makes sense actually yeah, yeah do you remember him uh, here's actually some um, argument for that in um, dark uh, what was the dark rhinox this is it's, this is a, when you started saying that this is the exact episode that I was thinking to dark designs when he's in because we had a particular disagreement with a guest <laughs> uh, host on the show about uh, he had a different cut yeah. of the episode you see um, there was a computer terminal with Scorpionok on it and there were a whole bunch of boxes presumably of like different munitions and that kind of thing. And it seemed like some sort of like invent. He was doing some sort of inventory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So presumably the quartermaster was was Scorpionok, and that's gone out the window. Yeah. Maybe Tarantulas is the new quartermaster. Oh god, that that'll that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, I can't count on Waspinator or Inferno to know how to count, so I'm afraid it'll have to be you, Tarantulas. <laughs> I mean, would you count? I I certainly wouldn't let either of them. Waspinator wouldn't destroy everything, but I don't know if he would be able to do enough math to figure it out. (laughs) But Inferno would absolutely blow up the base. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He'd be he'd be like trying to do like some sort of, um, oh god, I don't know. He'd be trying to like move like some crate around and would like bonk into something and then like something else would fall on him and he would get all mad and be all like angry. burn <laughs> you will burn and he'll just like burn the whole fucking thing down yeah <laughs> exactly that's exactly how I pictured it uh, you will burn for your insolence <laughs> for the royalty <laughs> he says as he blows the base up <laughs> You know how when you bonk your head on something, you get inexplicably mad at the inanimate object? You, like, hit the wall or something, and you get angry, and you, like, hit it just to make yourself feel better? 
Uh, yeah. Or at least kind I've of. done that when I was younger. Yeah. He has that like times ten. <laughs> if I accident, if I accidentally like knock something over, like I'll briefly be mad at the object for falling. <laughs> like briefly, like only for like a split second. But my yeah. my instant reaction will be to will be to be angry at the thing that I just knocked over, and then I'll be like, yeah. oh, for fuck's sake. Uh huh. Yep. Speaking of oh, for fuck's sake, that has been. Uh, 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 episode four <laughs> of season two of Beast Wars, Tangled Web. It sure has. Yep. Here on Too Much Energon, we rate episodes on the Too Much Energon scale, which ranges from uh, it is a three point scale that goes from not enough Energon, which is anything from the worst episode ever to eh, not that great, to sufficient Energon, which is an episode that's okay to pretty good. To too much energon, which are episodes that are pretty great, to literally the best episode ever. Uh, Cal, what are you giving Tangled Web? This is not enough energon for me, dog. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> like it's so. The funny thing is, you and I can complain and like dissect and talk about why an episode pisses us off pisses us off or is bad or has discrepancies or whatever but right it's just it's just meh like there's nothing that really like is bothersome i do like that um black arachnia had the giant like giant enough ovaries to like kick tarantulas's ass and she's free of that guy now that that's satisfying yeah but the episode's not great no uh, yeah, I am also giving it a not enough energon. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, this episode does cut like advance, if ever so slightly, like it advances a bunch of little plot threads in the season forward. But it also weirdly yeah, kind of feels yeah. like it also weirdly kind of feels like filler at the same time. So like, in a w- well, what are the plot points? I'm going to guess uh, Tarantulas is a new base. Um, Black Arachne is free from Tarantulas' control. That's it? I think that's it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, those two two points. Here's what I'll say. I, I think the big problem with this episode is there's... This whole thing could have been a subplot in another episode. In another... Y- yes. The whole episode feels like the subplot of a of another episode with more important things happening in the forefront. Exactly. Like this could have happened in the background. Yeah. And we uh we didn't need to waste so much time uh with Silverbolt and Rat Trap uh or fra- a lot of the dialogue was unmemorable. Yeah, or frankly like waste a lot of the time with um uh Black Arachnia and Quick Strike because that didn't even really go anywhere in the end. That doesn't develop their personalities. It just makes me hate the Fusors more. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, all of that. The back and forth between uh, Rat Trap and Silverbolt was unnecessary. Yeah, all that shit kind of just felt like it was filling time. And that's, and because of that, that's what I mean. Like, this could have just been like a subplot in another episode where, like you said, more important things were going on. So, not what enough. I want to know. Not enough energy, John. What I want to know is, what was Dinobot up to that 
that last episode. Yeah, Dinobot wasn't there. We uh, we didn't see him at all. Didn't even get mentioned. I think he was like out in like a, a rocky like um like a rocky area, and it was like raining and there was lightning, and he was reciting poetry and existentialism. <laughs> what it means to be alive. <laughs> yeah, as he holds like a golden disc in each of his raptor hands. <laughs> He's like looking up the up at the sky, like quoting Macbeth. <laughs> uh, then, I doubt anybody's just listening. Like this is their first episode, but like what we're talking about actually happened on in this TV show. <laughs> like this, this is real. And then the uh, the polar bear shows up and is all like, ah. I've been looking for one of those. My old rival. <laughs> Polar Polaris. Oh, there you go. There's a, <laughs> there's a po- Polar Bear's um Transformer name. Oh, there we go, yeah. Polaris. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a Polar Bear uh, Beast Wars toy. Oh, was his name Polaris? His name was Polar Claw. It was actually... Oh, I like mine better. <laughs> he was a he was a, a a mega beast just like um uh Scorpionok, but he was I, I I had him as well. He was a pretty dope toy. He was actually supposed to be on the show at some point, but didn't uh, end up getting included due to budgetary reasons. I'm looking at the toy now. Okay, okay, he's he's bear like. See what it is he's he's thick. He's thick. <laughs> Oh, his robot form kind of just looks like white and red Optimus, though? Uh, no, not really. Never mind. He's got a big, like, shit-eating grin on his face. Not even, yeah, not I'm, even I'm a, like, looking... Not even a grin, He's really, but his... it's like, it's teeth. And it teeth? Looks... He doesn't look yeah, like Pratt. He was a Max. Oh, was he? Oh, well, he's a mammal, so he fits the bill. Good point, yeah. yeah. Creatures. Icor blooded, uh, Like creatures and all the yes. See, I I don't I bring the, the science. I'm I'm Cal. I'm I'm Cal guy the science guy. <laughs> <laughs> Where I question if scorpions are arachnids and provide other useful science questions and answers. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, uh, that has been the fourth episode of season two of Beast Wars. Uh, we will be back next week with the fifth episode, Maximal No More. Dun dun. Uh, if you want, just the title alone is daunting, right? Uh, yeah. 
If you want to support the show and you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, uh, give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. We got a couple of those recently, and we thank you very much oh. for that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if you want to get us with visibility, indeed. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email: uh, too much energon at outlook.com, or you can uh, find us on Twitter at too much energon. Send me a DM or just me. Uh, also, check slide your slide your uh, Beast Wars um, fan fiction into his DMs. Yep, I, I assure you, I will read it, <laughs> and I'll probably talk about it on the show. No matter what the subject matter. Do you hear that, folks? It's <laughs> your time to shine. <laughs> uh, I could be setting myself up for something horrible. Or something great. Yes. Uh, uh, check out our website, uh, www.toomuchenergon.ca. The triple W part is very important. Otherwise, the URL doesn't work. And I don't know enough about uh, web stuff to actually fix that right now. So... Listener, yep, if you know how to does. fix that, <laughs> uh, write in and let me know. Uh, on the oh, yeah. on the question on the website, you'll find uh, embedded players for every episode of this show, as well as social media links, like our Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Too Much Energon. Uh, if you want to hear more of me and Cal, and you're fan a fan of other mainframe entertainment shows, we also have another series called Alphanumeric, where we do this, but we talk about reboot. That uh, new episodes of that show go live every Friday. Yeah, we got we got a little bit of everything for everyone, unless you're not a, not a fan of the '90s, in which case we have nothing for you. <laughs> Well, we, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Well, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're a fan of like, I'm gonna break my own rule here. I, but if you're a fan of say, Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> or oh, we actually didn't even mention talk about. We didn't even mention Metal Gear this episode. I don't. That's think. why. That's why I'm doing it now. <laughs> oh, there we go. And if you're a fan of Highlander. <laughs> Uh, we talk about that a lot. Be somebody listening right now is like, God damn it, they almost went a whole episode without <laughs> mentioning either, and Cal, in the last couple minutes, swoops in. and It's not like I'm even accidentally, I'm not even making a reference to it. I'm just directly referencing it, which I don't think we've actually done yet. Uh, I so don't that, think so. That means, it, that means it doesn't follow the, the rules. That means we're okay. Technically, I followed the rules. Long story short, uh, even if you're not necessarily a fan of either this or Reboot, but you're probably in your 30s and you like nerd shit from the 80s and 90s, uh, you'll, you'll, you, you'll still find some quality content in these podcasts that we provide. Assuming you've listened to this far, you probably agree. <laughs> or disagree. In which case, write in and tell us about it. Yeah, yeah, we've had uh, I, it's not hate mail. We've had a very confused gentleman like <laughs> chew us out. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love that. That's the only negative email we've actually received so far on our on either of our shows. Most of the feedback has all been positive. Angry that we showed up in this Facebook feed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like we have control of that. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, if if you're a, a newer listener to this show, like back in the early days of uh, Too Much Energon, we our first email we ever got was from this guy named uh, uh, I think his name was Robert, but I I dubbed him Bobo. But he basically yeah. he basically he got he saw a Facebook ad for our Facebook page and then commented on the Facebook page that it was irrelevant to his interest. And so I deleted his comment and then he sent in an email basically ranting about the same thing. And so I read the email on the air. <laughs> word for and I'm word. Like, why did he take so much of his time? Yeah. Of his day. Does, does he do that with every Facebook ad? I hope so. Can I... you imagine how tiring that man's day must be? I, I... Like emailing every single like ad like didn't you say he had he would have had to have gone on the facebook page or the website he would to find your email yeah he would have actually had to have explored the facebook page a little bit to find uh the email address to contact us so. i can't imagine having that much energy in order to tell people off that had no control over you seeing an ad for their page right i, I like to think that he does that for like every single podcast he sees an ad for that he does like that is irrelevant to his interests. And like, we suddenly all become part of the like Bobo, uh, unrelated podcast cinematic universe. <laughs> wow. That's deep. <laughs> uh, and on that, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, as we descend into madness, yep. We, um, we must depart. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we, as I said, we will be back next week. And until then, beast, beast mode. mode.